You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. There is a tree of life. The tree of life, verse number nine, is right in the middle. In the Old Testament, when something was in the middle, even in the New, it was very important. Jesus was in the midst. Whether it be the sea or the crowds, he was in the middle. I preached a message not long ago on that subject, so we wouldn't need to go back. But the tabernacle was in the middle. Three tribes to the north and three tribes to the south and three to the east and three to the west. And as the church, the Old Testament word, uh, New Testament word church, the temple or the tabernacle been moved, the, the families would move with the church, with the tabernacle. You keep your family by the tabernacle. And so it is here, there was right in the middle, very prominent place, a tree. Notice in verse number 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. That was the tree of life. Thou shalt eat of it, lest thou shalt die. Go to chapter 3, please. This is the third time we have the tree of life identified. In the book of Genesis, the tree of life is identified three times. Here it is in verse number three of chapter three. The Bible says in verse two, the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, he has said thou shalt not eat of it, neither shall he touch it lest ye die. You see, God intended them not to touch that tree. God gave prohibitions. Prohibitions to say no is good. There'll be some things that you learn to say, well, you know what, you, you fundamental Baptist, you're against everything. Our church is not against very much. You have, ought to have a lot longer list than the church gives you. You ought to have some things, this is a no for me. I'm not gonna do this. Some couples ought to have some no lists. He said, give me Bible. You may not be able to find Bible like I cannot find Bible that I should open a door for a woman. And I can't find Bible that I'll obey the speed limit either. And I can't find Bible that you should not use cruise control or a cell phone. There's no Bible on that. A lot of things in life, you're not going to prove it from the Bible. Prove to me. Prove to me that you can barbecue meat. I mean, Frank, come on. You ought to have some no's. Amen. I'll give you places. I'll pause. When I pause, that is, that's your cue to amen. You ought, you ought to have some no's in your Bible, in your heart. You ought to have some no's more than I give you from the Bible. I shall not bounce checks. Most of you have no idea what that means because you don't use checks anymore. I know, I know. But, but thou shalt not bounce checks. If you don't have money, you ought not to be spending the money. God says there's some prohibition. Don't touch that tree. Now, you don't have the tree of life mentioned 
anywhere else in the Bible, four times in the book of Proverbs. But I want you to go to the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation, and let's pick it up tonight in, well, we'll go to 22, but let's start off the first of the three times in Revelation chapter 2. In Revelation chapter 2, God is speaking to the churches and the seven churches in the book of Revelation. In chapter 2, verse 7, he, hath, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give, will I give, if you overcome, here's what God says in this tree, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the, where is it at? In the midst of the paradise of God. Adam and Eve lived in a paradise situation and the middle was a tree of life. Here's this tree of life again. And God said in the Old Testament, don't touch it. In the New Testament, he said, go ahead and touch it. Turn with me to chapter 22. This is not gonna maybe be as impressive to you as it has been to me, but I'll tell you what. God has spoken to me personally about this. Verse number one, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding through the throne of God and the Lamb. And here's verse two, speaking of this tree of life. And in the midst of the street, on either side of the river was there a tree of life, which bare 12 manners of fruits, and the Bible says, and yield her fruit every month, and the leaves or the, of the tree were for the healing of nations. There's a purpose for the tree. Notice what it says in verse 14. We're coming to the close of the Bible. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life. They did not have the right to the tree of life in Genesis. But now in Revelation, in that celestial city, they have a right to the tree that God said here, no, and here he says yes. I'm speaking tonight on this subject, not right, not, not, not right now. Not, not, not right now. I'll give it to you, but not right now. That's where we mess our lives up. But I want it now. Oh, not, not, not now. It's yours. It's all yours. You can pick the fruit of it. You can have it. You can, you can eat it eventually. But right now, don't touch it. Don't touch Well, I, I don't understand that. You Baptist, you fundamentalist. I, I don't understand that. God told Adam very specifically, Adam, I don't understand that. I don't understand what you're doing to me. Well, you got all these trees. There's, there's other trees. The horticulture said that all of our trees are from one of 10 different types of trees. And God said of the 10 different types of trees, that one belongs to me. You don't touch my tree. Now, eventually I'll let you touch it. Eventually I'll be able to touch my investment 
God says, don't you touch the tide now, but one day, because I've sent it ahead, my wife has sent it ahead, you have sent it ahead, one day I'll be able to see what God did with the investment that we invested in heaven. Lay not up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal and destroy. Don't touch mine, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. It's an amazing truth as you look that God intends us to enjoy the tree of life, but not now. You dating couples, God intends for you to enjoy some pleasures in marriage, physically, every area of your life, but not, not, not now. The babies don't come first and then the marriage, not now. You can enjoy this over here, but you wait right here. I've watched, oh, been here 46 years in the ministry, 50. I've watched young men by the scores come through this place and throughout the country where I've preached. I've preached everywhere. I've watched them come in their 20s and 30s, and God bless them. And you know what? They come looking for a wife. Unless you think I'm against that, I think that's a good thing. Thank God young men are coming to look for a wife at the right place. And I've watched them by the scores through the years generally come in here and get involved and love it and they love the choir and they love the music and they love the soul winning and they love the preaching and they're all, it seems like just Brother, Brother Cooper, is he still in church? Where'd he go? Right there, my brother. It, 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 we've seen it too. You've, you've seen it. They're coming forward. Boy, I'm on fire for God. And, and thank God for that. But when they don't get a girl. I want a girl right now. I have watched by the scores. Not only do they reject the things of God, but it becomes drugs and drink and alcohol, and hatred toward God, and hatred toward Christianity, and Baptists, and all of that. They, they just swing way over here. God wants you to maybe have a wife. That's wonderful. But maybe, maybe not right now. God has a timetable. My job is to get on God's timetable. But I want to touch that tree. God said, not now, son. And Adam, we died but in the new man, we're going to live forever. We'll be able to touch that tree. Do you know what tonight? We sing at a time of God's own choosing, he came. When we the fight were losing, he came. Long before we knew him, when we were lost in sin, here it is. At the right time, at the best time, he came. I don't think I'm going to have you turn. I was going to have you turn to 1 Samuel in chapter 16. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 12 and 13, David, come here, David. And David comes. And Samuel anoints him to be king here. And he's now anointed king. 
but he can't do anything about it. He was supposed to be king, but not now. But I've been anointed. I know, but not now. He had to wait a year. He had to wait two years. He had to wait five years. He had to wait eight years. He had to wait 10 years. He had to wait 11 years, 12 years, 13 years. Because God, though he anointed him king, said you've got some learning to do. You're going to have to first of all learn about a man by the name of Goliath. And though you're anointed king, it's not yet time. You will be king, but you have to go through the Goliath experience and you have to go through the betrayal of your brothers and Eliabim. I know the naughtiness of your heart, David, and you have to be betrayed by your brothers and you have to experience what that's like and it's going to be a hard situation because your own family's going to turn on you. And Goliath is going to be a giant and he's going to have spears and all of that and you'll just have five little stones. And you know, David, right now, you're going to have to experience Saul's jealousy. He's going to take you into his heart, into his banquet table, at his table like a son. But he's going to get jealous when the women said, David, has, uh, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his 10,000. And one night at the dinner table, he's going to stand up and take a javelin and throw it at David and try to take his own life. You've got to go through it. But I'm a known king. I know, but you've got to experience Goliath. But I'm anointed. You have to experience the rejection of your own family. But I'm the, I know you have to have the javelin experience. I, I know, but you're going to have to have Michael, Saul's daughter. And he gave him to her for a wife so that she might be a snare to him. You're going to have to have a failed marriage and a poor marriage. But, but I'm king over here. But not yet, David. You have to experience this, and you're going to have to go into the wilderness, and you're going to have to hide in caves, and then you're going to have to, you're going to, have to get so discouraged. Where you say in 1 Samuel 27, David said in his heart, there is nothing better for me that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. And the very people he defeated in chapter 17, and now chapter 27, he's joining they had some wars, and he had 600 men with them, and all of a sudden, the slaughter, and they left, and they left Ziglag, and left Ziglag, and when they came back, their wives, and their sons, and their daughters were taken hostage, and the city was burning on fire, and now his own men said, kill David. He, but, but I'm the king. I know, you're not, you're not the king yet. You've been anointed. I placed you aside, but you have to experience this first. But God's called me to preach. I know, but you're a freshman. In high school, God, you have to experience this. But, but God's called me to preach. I know, you have to have your sophomore year in high school and college. But you have to have your junior year. You have to have your senior year. And then, by the way, you get on staff, and you may have to be like Brother Martinez. So I think, what, 15 years? I believe it was 12, 13, 15 years. He was the janitor. And he did it with joy. God was prepared to be one of the most amazing music men I've ever seen. The most amazing I've ever seen. He can lead singing. He can sing. He's gone through my voice lessons and all those things. My goodness gracious. That was a funny ha-ha for our internet people. These folks know. They know. What was God doing with Brother Alvin Martinez preparing him? What was God doing with David as he in that cave, 
as he cut the skirt of Saul, as, as he had a failed marriage, as he had, as he had the wilderness, as he had zigzag, and then, then, and then the man anointed him was Samuel. Now Samuel dies. And David's heart is so broken. And then in the midst of it, God gave him a friend by the name of Jonathan, Saul's son. And he became so close. And Jonathan said, it's not me that's supposed to be next in line. It's you. You've already been anointed. God wants you to be king. And you know that one day, that proud dad of his, Saul, of, of Jonathan's Saul, was on Mount Gilboa, where to this day God cursed the mountain, said nothing will grow there, and to this day nothing grows on Mount Gilboa. And he had his boys up there. Jonathan was with them fighting. And Saul died that night on Mount Gilboa. And Jonathan, a word came back to David. It was, oh, not Jonathan. And not the king. Oh, no. You know, all those experiences, God was preparing him. And then he had war with Saul, of course, at home. He had, David had to face after that disloyal staff, and his staff, all, every single one became disloyal to him. Ahithophel became so disloyal, he sought to kill him, says, I'll, I'll kill him. His own staff. And then Hushai, his staff member, I'll kill him. And then his own son, Absalom, he said, if I were king, and he began to take and he stole the hearts of the people from his, from his own dad. And then 13 years later, this, you get to the point where in 2 Samuel 5, 3, he becomes king. Anointed in front of everyone again and said, he's now the king. And he served seven years in Hebron, and he served a total of 40 years and six months, exactly the same amount of time that Dr. Lee Robertson pastored Highland Park Baptist Church. 40 years and six months. And in that, he had to still go through sorrows, but he had to wait 13 years. The tree of life is beautiful, but you can't touch it. You can look at it, you can't touch it. Got all these other trees to touch. You can't touch that one. And Adam brought a curse in this world. He brought thorns and thistles. And he brought the, the subject of a, a wife now has to submit. That must have apparently not been in the original creation. And then God's going to give her <clears throat> the shadow of death in childbirth. And God's going to say, You have to work by the sweat of your brow. And then God said, you know, there's going to be a separation. I have to expel you from the garden. Now there's a gulf between God and man. Because he engaged in something that God's going to give us over here in Revelation 22. But you're not going to get the tree of life in Genesis chapter 2. We're out of time tonight. Israel. I'm going to take you to the promised land, but you have to wait 400 years. And then because your unbelief, you have to wait another 40 years and wander in the desert. And every man that's over 20 years of age is going to have to die. And you're going to have to have all these bones thrown all in the ground all over Egypt. Because they were people of unbelief and no faith in God. You know, Bethlehem, you're going to be a mighty, mighty, mighty city because the Savior is going to be born in Bethlehem. Now, you have to wait 700 years. 
But 700 years from now, it's going to happen. Isaiah, for unto you a son is given. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Thou shalt call. And, and that's, that's in Genesis 7, 14, Isaiah 7, 14. A, a virgin is going to conceive a son and bear a son. He's going to be the Messiah. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Isaiah 9, 6. But you're going to have to wait 700 years. See, God's timetable is never yours, it's never mine. I'm impatient. God is not impatient. I think of how this world has been so messed up and spitting in the face of an almighty God. God said, God said 50 years ago, it was already said in the Bible that you cannot harm a little child. And it's better if you put a millstone around the neck of a man and drown him in the depths of the sea than to hurt one of these little ones. But we've killed now 60 million babies. That's like killing all the state of California, 40 million people plus another 20 million. Our God's a patient God. But we're ramping up to something called the tribulation time. God's wrath, the Bible says, will be unleashed. We have a patient God, for he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Not now, not now, you can't touch that tree. You can later, but not now. Not now, Bethlehem, but you can later. Not now, David, you've got to wait 13 years, but not now, you've got to go through all these trials. They're all preparation for your life. I think tonight of what it says in Acts 1, 4. Jesus was died, he was buried, he rose again, Matthew 28. And a few days later in, in, in Acts chapter 1, they were assembled together in an upper room. And, and it was said in Acts 1, 4, you wait for the promise. You wait, I promised you someone. What he promised in John 16, he said, I will send another comforter. I will send you someone who's going to comfort you and someone who will guide you and someone who will teach you and someone who will instruct you and he is called the Holy Spirit. Well, we don't understand this. Oh, but he is God and I, he's coming. You just wait and you're going to receive power, Acts 1-8. After this, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you know, when, when God says you just wait and wait what they're doing, they're waiting in that upper room. And a man who denied Jesus and cussed at Jesus at the cross and said, I never knew him, was there waiting. And when the Spirit of God fell on Peter's life, he went out, as God's Word said, and preached, and the first message, 3,000 souls were saved. You'll never succeed in the Christian life if you rush God. I'll never succeed in the Christian life if I try to get God on my table, time table. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thine be done. So you go through the heartache of your life and you don't see what God is doing, but God is weaving it all together. But it looks a mess, but God's doing something for you. I don't understand why he's doing it, how he's doing it, why, why, why you're going through that, but God is, don't, don't touch that tree. 
And don't you take matters in your own hand. I'll tell you what, God's not handling it. We don't pray that way, but we act that way. God's not handling it. I'm going to handle it for you. But, but you're going to miss what I want you to touch over here. Don't touch that tree. The Bible says, but they that wait. And don't want us to miss this in closing. They that wait, Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew. You know why God's people are quitting? We've never been renewed. And you get renewing by waiting. We're so impatient. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to have this. I've got to do this. I've got to, I've got to do it. And so because we want, we date out of God's will. We get engaged. And please, I'm not talking to any of you out of getting engaged and married. And some of you get married in days. God bless you. Stick with Ralph. you got a lot of work to do to straighten him out, but you'll make it. So I'm not, but, but what we do generally, we date out of the will of God. We marry out of the will of God. We, we, we uh, get out of the will of God. We run for the will of God. We serve out of the will of God. We make decisions out of the will of God. I've watched uh, you you pastor. That's one of the wearisome things about pastoring. I feel so often like a failure because I watch people make decisions and I know this is not the right decision. But they make it anyway and they, they have to get what they're looking for. And they lose already the promise what God has given them. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.